0: Well, hello there, friends, and welcome to the Where Sparrows Sing podcast. This show is all about embracing the promise of abundance and cultivating what really matters in life. I'm your host, Amber Durgan, and together we'll discuss what it means to be women devoting ourselves to Christ through all the various roles we play. I'm so excited you have joined me today and cannot wait to uncover the goodness that is sure to be ours welcome hello again and welcome back to the podcast i am so excited you were here i hope you had an amazing thanksgiving celebrating with your friends and family and truly taking a moment to stop and thank god for all of our blessings It is now November 28th And we are rapidly approaching Christmas I, in fact, am recording this Under the light of the Christmas tree My family and I went up to the mountains And got today That was a lot of fun This episode is one I've been super excited to share with you It is one I recorded with my dear friend, Rebecca Hargraves, all about the intentionality of the Christmas season. Rebecca is just so wise and wonderful and how she encourages us mamas to really seek Jesus first, to walk by the Spirit, Yes, but also to dig into that place of intentionality and to know your limits this season and just go with the season you're in. If it is a hard season, if it is a difficult season, she encourages you to tweak things. We talk about the importance of tradition, and how that builds our family culture. We talk about this idea of being Pinterest perfect and how we need to kind of step away from that and focus rather on being, again, intentional, and walking by the spirit. There's so much good in this episode, so I am going to stop rambling and let you have Rebecca. Enjoy. Hello, Rebecca, and welcome to the Where Sparrow Sing podcast.
1: Hey, friend. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here
0: so fun. I just love that we do all the podcasting things together. I've been on your show, you've been on mine now, but for anyone that's new to us, can you take a moment to introduce yourself, your family, your ministry?
1: I'd love to. Yeah, so I'm Rebecca Hargraves and my husband Owen and I have been married for eight and a half years. Uh, I homeschool our two kiddos who are uh, seven and five. We're fixing to transition into the birthday season before we know it. And um, along with homeschooling and, and working at home and things like that, um, I run a blog and like you said, a podcast and have written a handful of books and um, love to do speaking opportunities and things like that. Just I have a heart for women to be encouraged with the truths of the gospel and how relevant and applicable they are to every single last little aspect of life. I mean, it's, it's applicable to everything and being able to write about that and speak about that, um, is such a joy. So that is kind of what my day, my days are filled with is kids and homeschooling and online ministry as I'm able.
0: So fun. And I'm super biased because she is one of my dearest friends, but if you all do not follow Rebecca, you need to, if she was not my dear <laughs> friend, I'd be like, I want her it's my friend. She is oh, amazing.
1: That's so sweet of you. I appreciate you. I feel the same way. So that is that is super sweet of you to say.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Spirit. Yes, ma'am. I will ma'am. put all your links in the show notes. Today, we're going to talk about intentionality, which is a journey the Lord has brought our three-fold friendship group on this year in different ways and the holidays, because when this releases, it will be right after Thanksgiving and heading into Christmas. Can you start us off? by speaking um, to the mama who maybe feels like she has to have a pinterest perfect holiday i feel that's so big in our minds and all over um, social media that pressure to have things pinterest perfect what encouragement would you have for her to talk her off the cliff so to speak and encourage her that she can still make christmas special for her family
1: That's such a great question. And I think this is an aspect where it's a prime example of where the gospel is applicable to everything, because, you know, we are so easily caught up in this Pinterest perfect uh, idol, in a sense, if you will. Um, I've been caught up in it where you think that in order to love your family well and to serve them well and to provide for them the best that you can, a amazing holiday that you have to. Pull it all off Pinterest perfectly. You have to have the most amazing crafts and the most amazing cookies and the, just all the things, the decor, everything you can think of. And it has to be perfect. You have to do all of it. And very quickly, as we all know, if we've ever been uh, prey to this, it's very stressful. It's burdensome. It's heavy. It's, it's not peaceful. <laughs> this, this season of the year is meant to be a beautiful, reflective, peaceful time. And when you're buying into this Pinterest perfect idea, it's, it's anything but, and so I just love to encourage women with the truths of the gospel, because it's relevant to this area as well. You know, when you have this idea that we have to be Pinterest perfect, remove the Pinterest for a minute and just talk about that word, just focus in on that word. Perfect. We're, we're telling ourselves that we have to be perfect basically, or that what we do has to be perfect. The, the Christmas that we pull off has to be perfect. And if we know the gospel, we know that first of all, we're not, second of all, we never will be. And third of all, that's actually okay because Christ is. And so with the gospel, we're told that when we place saving faith and trust in Christ and we repent of our sins and we are covered with the blood and the perfection of Jesus, that when God, the father looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ, the son when we know that we can live in light of that truth, we can act like it's true and we can apply that truth to how we approach our Christmas season. Knowing that if our cookies flop, if our decor does not get put up completely, if you know we don't make it to every event, we the snowflake craft as mine in the past um, is completely botched, it's okay. <laughs> I am not good at those. I am terrible at snowflake crafts if that happens, it's okay. It it may be frustrating. It might be disappointing. That's normal to feel those emotions, but we can't let those emotions that are normal cross over into something that we allow to just burden us and to weigh us down as if we're failures. And as if we've ruined our children's lives and ruined the holiday and let everybody down because the reality is there, there are no expectations. The Lord has placed on us this season. He's not You know, that's the thing. And I don't think we think about that, right? We don't think about the fact that there literally are no expectations that he's put on us. He's not looking at us and saying, okay, as a daughter of God, as someone who is raising a family or running a ministry or whatever it is we're doing, a single woman, whatever it is, he's not looking at us and saying, I want you to make the best gingerbread house. I expect you to wrap your Christmas packages in brown paper and and have the these rustic pretty bows and use these white paint markers to make it look like it snowed on your package like he's not that's lovely if you want to do that I think that's delightful but he's not looking at us saying we have to do those things and when we admit that I think we think wow yeah that sounds really crazy that I would ever act like that but that is the implication of what we're saying when we say we need to have this this pinterest perfect pinterest perfect idea if we're if we're believing that if we carry it out into our, the, its logical conclusion that is the logical outcome we are then saying that that's what God expects of us and it's simply not true he does not expect that of us therefore if it doesn't all come off quote unquote perfect he's not disappointed we have not let him down we are not failures because Just like with the gospel and just like with any other time of year, the Advent season, the Christmas season is not about what we accomplish. Our motherhood is not about what we accomplish. All of it, all of life, the gospel itself is about what Christ accomplished on our behalf. If we could carry that into our Christmas season, our holiday season, our Thanksgiving, whatever, how powerful could that be? What a a difference could that make and how much more rest and freedom could we actually feel if we truly believed that and lived in light of it?
0: Hey, girl, you brought preaching in the first question.
1: (laughs) Girl, I'm passionate, sister. Okay, buckle (laughs) up
0: That is so good though. And it just, it reminded me as you were talking about the lie that we all so easily believe that I am enough, even down to Christmas. We're not enough to pull off a perfect Christmas for our families. And I think it's when we try, we get hurried and hustled and stressed. And then we're taking things in the opposite direction. Our Absolutely. kids see a stress mama. They're not, our kids aren't sitting there with a check mark. Just like we were talking about God's not, they don't have a list of, did, did this go perfectly? Did this go perfect? They want a mom who's engaging with them and yes. intentional and try, I've had crafts that flop and we laugh about it and we try again or try a yes. completely different craft. Absolutely. I think it's just so important that we keep the joy of the season and the peace of the season as you were talking about. And keep the focus on Jesus.
1: Amen. Amen. Because the reality is, I mean, this this Pinterest perfect lie that so many of us are believing at one time or another, or every single year, maybe we still aren't out from under it. It's a tool of the enemy because he knows the dark fruit of it. He knows the impact that it has. And he also knows the impact that the truth could have. And he doesn't want us to experience that.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it takes our eyes off of Jesus. Absolutely. That being said, can you talk to the mama who wants a larger focus on Jesus during this Christmas season? What would you encourage her to do?
1: That's a great question. And first, you know, I have several different things that I could share, and I'd be happy to do that. I first want to say, I just kind of feel this on my heart, that... As important as it is to make much of Jesus this time of year as as really, that is, I mean, that is it. That is that is the mission here. That is the the ultimate thing. As important as that is, I want to guard against and encourage mamas to guard against kind of falling prey to a uh, different version of the Pinterest perfect idea, where, now, at least you know you're on the right track where okay, you're wanting to make most of, of the Lord, make much of Him, you're wanting to have the focus be on Him. And that's right, that's the, the correct starting point, that's the foundation. But I think sometimes the enemy deals with us um, in a similar way instead of with Pinterest, it's with this idea that says, okay, in order to make most of you can't that you can of Christ, in order to have the focus solely be on Him, all of that, you need to do an Advent study that's 25 days long and every single day you need to make sure you have a Bible reading with your children and you need to make sure you sing this Christmas song and you need to preferably memorize a Christmas song a week. And every Sunday of Advent, you need to make sure you're lighting the candles. You need to make sure that you've got an extended reading on those Sundays to actually make it clear to your kids that the four Sundays of the Advent are special. Like you can just start to go crazy thinking that, okay, yeah, it doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect. It's not about the food or their decor or things like that. But we kind of can fall prey into the same idea, only in this place of, okay, in order to have Jesus be the reason for the season and to commemorate that then I have to do all the things in this area. And so I would just encourage you not to fall prey to the same lie, just in a different way. Having said that, I think there are a a million and one, depending, you can sort through, there's so many different options. There's so many different ways, practical ways that we can really have our focus be on the Lord. I do think that Advent is an excellent tool for this. It wasn't until about uh, I guess, seven or eight years ago that I even knew what Advent was. <laughs> um, I was raised a Baptist, and we are not liturgical in the Baptist church. Um, we do not know much about the church calendar, if anything. I, I think this is changing, definitely, in recent years. Um, I still attend a Baptist church, and they talk about Advent every year. So it's definitely changing. But Advent is this time in the church calendar, in the traditional church calendar. This, this celebration has been around for Oh, goodness, since the third century, I believe, is when this became a thing. Um, And it's the time leading up to Christmas, starting at the fourth Sunday before Christmas day. And so you have four Sundays. Each one has a theme. So you've got love. You have hope. um, You have peace. Each one has a theme. You oftentimes traditionally will light a candle, uh, one candle each week. Or one candle per week. If you're on week three, you might like three uh, three candles all together at that point. But it's just this time of the year where, and it can only be if you want, just on Sundays. You can fully commemorate Advent by just doing something special on the Sundays. That's perfectly fine. That's Advent. Um, You can light candles. We've done this since our oldest was two. And I think our youngest was like, I guess he would have been a couple weeks old. Um, We have had a Advent wreath that holds a a set of candles. Basically, it's a centerpiece for a table. And, you know, it takes no time really to light a candle and to um, just do a a little reading of some kind out of a um, Advent book or out of even the Jesus Storybook Bible. I've seen people do that. You could read the Christmas story from Luke one. I mean, it doesn't have to be any prescribed thing. um, But if you light the candle and you do some kind of reading that is centered around the Christmas story, that doesn't take long, but it's a great, really very, fairly simple way to keep the focus where it needs to be. I think that would be the least time consuming way to do it is just, you know, something each of those four Sundays, if you want more than that, I think. There's are so many other resources that are so great. There are Advent calendars that last all month of December. Um, there are, there's something called the giving manger. And each day of Advent, you put a piece of straw in this little manger. And by Christmas day, it's filled up and you put baby Jesus in it. And each day you're, um, the concept is on giving. And so you're, different people do it different ways, but you might be praying for people in need, or you might be each day thinking of someone you could give something to, or someone you could serve in some way. Again, do it different ways, but that's one option. Something that we have never done. Every year I hear this idea and we never get around to doing it, but I love this idea. Some people, instead of elf on the shelf, they will do this thing where they have a manger scene, like a nativity scene set up somewhere in their home for for Christmas decoration, but they do not have Jesus in the manger yet. And they do not have Mary and Joseph there in the stable. They will set the stable up, but it'll be empty they'll have the manger there, but, but that's it, maybe some animals. And they will set up Mary and Joseph somewhere across the room or in a whole entire different room of the house or something like that. And each day of December, they, with their kids, will move Mary and Joseph a little bit closer to the stable. And then finally on Christmas Eve or Christmas day, whatever you want to do, they are there at the stable and then Jesus shows up in the manger. And it's just it, that doesn't take any time. It, it takes a little bit of planning, you know, <laughs> maybe if you miss a day, just have them go a little bit further. Um, but <laughs> you know, don't stress it, but there just to show there are so many ways that you can make it fun and simple, but still have the focus be on what's actually happening at Christmas time and what we're actually commemorating. So I, I think those are just some fun ways that, like I said, can be simple, but are special at the same time.
0: And I love just that it can be applicable to any age of kids. We both have, our oldest is Anna, who'll be eight soon, but, which is crazy. Um, (laughs) So crazy. (laughs) But even down to like, we started Advent too. I was thinking when Zach would have been, he's four and a half today. Exactly. That is crazy as well. All the grown up kids. Um, But we started, he would have been not even six months. And during our Advent breakfast, we literally went to the dollar store and purchased three purple candles and a pink candle and a white candle. So five candles all together. And every Sunday morning before church, we light the candle, have a special breakfast, cinnamon rolls, donuts. It doesn't even have to be complicated and talk about, okay, this week is hope. So what does it mean to be hopeful? Lance and I will talk first so that our boys know, have an idea. And then we go around the table this is how I feel hope, this is how I feel hope, this is how I feel joy, peace, whatever. Mm -hmm. The theme is, I mean, it can be so simple, and I feel like these traditions, yes, you can start them young, but please don't feel bad if you haven't, because you can start anything with your family, like, and your kids, even if they're 10, teenagers, whatever, they're going to, I think, for the most children, cling on to these traditions and appreciate them, regardless of how old they are, because it's it's just something special about Christmas. We love tradition. We're drawn to traditions.
1: Absolutely. So, so true. Yeah, it's never too late. Don't, don't despair. It is never too late.
0: That leads us into our next question. I would love it if you could inspire our listeners to make their own traditions, perhaps by sharing some of the Hargraves traditions and the importance you feel tradition holds.
1: That's so fun. I love this question. I, I'm such a sentimental traditions, uh, centered person. I literally shared in my stories on Instagram last night, how thrilled I was that the yearly, um, Starbucks winter blend coffee that I get every year is in Starbucks now or is in Costco now. And my husband brought home some, and I mean, there's just, I felt a tangible, like physical, just joy in response to this having this coffee for the first time this year and just you know the memories attached to that tradition of of getting that every year you know I think there's something so powerful to tradition one of the ones that our family has is something that actually my family growing up did we do it a different day now because we serve at a local homeless shelter on Christmas Eve now and we didn't do that growing up but on Christmas Eve as a kid whenever it works out in December now we would get together and all go um get in the car and go drive and look at christmas lights and so as a kid this was christmas eve we would go and look at christmas lights and then we would come home and my dad would read the christmas story from loop 1 and we'd have hot chocolate as he was reading to us and to this day like every year we get the kids in the car and we drive around and look at christmas lights and there's something so precious about that to me every year that we do that with the family i have now I have those memories come rushing back to when I was a little girl, and we would do that as a family. and my dad would read and just all these things, this all those feelings come back and those memories come back. And there's something about that that's so precious and that really, I would say, binds your family together. it It makes your family closer. When you do have traditions like that, that's not to say that you have to have a million and one of them. It's not to say that if you haven't had traditions in the past that you have messed up. I mean, again, rewind the episode, start back at the beginning, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, it's not to say any of that, but just to encourage you to think about what traditions your family could have, because they are powerful. They do bind you together. Those shared memories are a powerful thing in your family culture. And so, you know, the, again, these traditions don't have to be huge, expensive things. They can be very simple. One thing that we started uh, when I was a teenager, I came up with this idea um, with my family growing up. And then we've done this um, now also where, when I was a kid, it was also on Christmas Eve once I was a teenager and I came up with this idea that, cause for years we had exchanged one gift each on Christmas Eve and everything else was left for Christmas morning, but we had one gift each on Christmas Eve. And I came up with the idea one year to have us have to go like on a scavenger hunt and we would be given a clue that would then lead to another clue and that would lead to another. And they're about usually four or five clues. And then eventually you found your gift. You kind of had to work for it, um, but it was so fun. And it was so fun that we still do that. That's something, I mean, my mom just got so thrilled to pieces over it. And we <laughs> still do that at her house to this day. And it's just, it's fun. It's a tradition. It's a memory. It's something we share is. Made us closer in those ways. And it's a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, when it comes to wanting to make our Christmas season special, wanting to have those traditions, wanting to do what we can to really commemorate this season. Something I read this and I don't remember where I read it. It was years ago, but it stuck with me ever since. Something I would encourage everyone to do at the start of the Christmas season as you're kind of thinking through, okay, what do I want our traditions to be? What events or activities do I want us to do or to go to or to enjoy? Instead of trying to cram your calendar as full as you possibly can, which is what we're all tempted to do usually, instead, I would encourage you to sit down with your, your family, your kids, your husband, whoever it is that you, you live with and do life with sit down with them. And so this would work for, you know, a college student, if they have roommates and they really want to be intentional with them, like whatever the situation is, sit down with those people and ask them what. Is Christmas to, what spells Christmas to you? what what activity, what craft, what snack, what, whatever it is, what Christmas movie? What is so special for you each Christmas season? And chances are each person's only going to mention one or two things. So if you have a spouse and three kids, you're looking at maybe eight things total. And you've got all the days of December. So if someone says they love to watch It's a Wonderful Life and someone else says they love to make Christmas cookies and someone else says they love to go Christmas caroling, okay, those are the things you're going to do in December. Those are the things you're going to prioritize. You put those on the calendar when it works for you and anything else that tries to come your way is going to have to be second to those things. So you may not be able to say yes to every other Christmas party you're then invited to after that. But if you have prioritized the handful of things that your family loves so much every year or would love to start doing together, or that is just meaningful for them this season, if you prioritize those things, you're not going to be overwhelmed. There's not going to be 35 things. But at the same time, not only are you going to really reduce the amount of stress you're under thinking you have to do everything, but you are also going to arrive at the goal that you've had this whole time of wanting this to be a truly meaningful season, because you will have prioritized those things that truly mean the most to your family. Your kids might have no interest in paper snowflakes. So guess what? You don't even have to go there. (laughs) Like, you know, if you want to great, but there are things I think that we think we have to do that really, if our family members are being honest there, they could take it or leave it. So if you instead prioritize the things and, and don't forget yourself, add yourself in there, think about what makes Christmas so special to you. Obviously add that to the calendar as well. But if you prioritize the things that your family unit is blessed the most by, like I said, it's not a long list. It's doable. And you've automatically, not only are you dealing with less stress and overwhelm, but you've automatically made it a meaningful season because you're doing those things. So that can be a great way. If you don't have traditions established already, you can brainstorm them with your family. And if you do, then ask them, okay, what traditions have we done in the past that you really love? There may be some they don't care about. And if it's okay with you to let those go by the wayside, go for it. Something else instead, or, or just let that go all completely you know completely and, and don't add anything else that's fine too um but I think if we just sit down and at the beginning of the season with intentionality kind of call a family meeting as it were and and have that conversation I think it's helpful in many ways
0: I think sometimes like you said we get this idea that we have to do everything or we have to have these perfect traditions or if we like we've talked about haven't started a tradition it's too late I was just thinking when you were talking about your stuff we've done super simple we have the same breakfast every now that we're married we alternate families of course but when we're with my family um we have the same breakfast every Christmas from when I was a kid Mm -hmm. my grandpa reads out of the tatter when we're together with my grandpa which we haven't been for a while but um he reads out of the same tattered bible he read to my mom when she was a kid just Mm -hmm. things like this means so much even as a little girl I remember how special that was and I'm with Rebecca, I've always been super sentimental. In mm-hmm. fact, when she started talking, I got all the goosebumps. Like, Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, just it doesn't have to be. I think if I could drive something home in the idea of tradition to your mama's hearts, it's that it doesn't have to be some huge Pinterest perfect, huge go all out thing. It's usually from just talking to different friends who are now mothers themselves, the little things that they remember and want to incorporate into their families.
1: Absolutely. Along those same lines, you were talking about a special Christmas breakfast. I want to share something that, well, Christmas breakfast that we do, but encourage you to, if you're in a different season at different times to tweak it, don't, don't make it have to be exactly the same. So our Christmas breakfast tradition from the first year we were married was I would make something cinnamon for Christmas morning breakfast. So it was cinnamon rolls, it was cinnamon bread. It was something like that every Christmas morning. Now there have been years that that was Sally and cinnamon rolls and girl, that takes a little bit of work. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There were years that I I did that. I went for it, made it happen. My husband was deployed last Christmas and I, there was no part of me that wanted to do the tradition. There was literally, I'm not even trying to make myself like not sound impressive. I literally (laughs) had, (laughs) there was no part of me that wanted to do that that year. I wanted to skip it. Because my husband's on the other side of the world. Our family's broken apart at Christmas time. I don't see the point. I don't want to do it, but I did. But what I did was I bought the Pillsbury uh, can of cinnamon rolls from the store. And I stuck those on a cookie sheet, stuck them in the oven, called it good. And my kids didn't complain. They were cool with it. I didn't miss the year's tradition, but I did it in a way that met me where I was in a very, very overwhelming, difficult season. It was not the year to make Sally Clarkson cinnamon rolls from scratch again, but it, it was the year to cut myself a little bit of slack, but to still do the tradition. Now, if you just can't do the tradition at all based on the season you're in, that's okay too. It's okay. But I just want to encourage you, if you're in a harder season, a more overwhelming season for whatever reason, but you do really want to keep the tradition going, find a way to tweak it, to make it easier on yourself to make it fit your season. My son was born on November 29th. So that Christmas, I think was the other year that we did the same thing, that I bought the cinnamon roll stuff from Walmart, you know, and we had their t- tradition, but I wasn't on my feet <laughs> making cinnamon rolls a month postpartum. Um, so just just tweak it if you need to in different seasons, because you can keep those special traditions going in ways that serve your family and yourself well, regardless of what season you're in.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking when you're talking your deployment and then both your kids have November and January birthdays. So mm-hmm. you've got all the stuff going on at Christmas.
1: Whew, I tell you what, <laughs> <laughs> every November, I'm like, all right, buckle up. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny. My family's in April to May. So we've got all the stuff going on in different seasons. That's oh. fun. Yeah, uh-huh. It is
1: very fun. It makes things crazy. My mom and I were literally yesterday on the phone trying to figure out when we're doing everything because it's always crazy. And my brother has a December 2nd birthday. So we're all just oh crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But it's great. It's fun. It's crazy. But yeah, I wouldn't trade it.
0: <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. How the Lord brought all those and your husband's in January too. Like, yes. All the celebration. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yep, and then I'm off by myself in July, my lonesome, right. you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> well, my Matthew can relate. Our anniversary, Mother's Day, Easter, three of our birthdays, April to May, and then Mr. Matthew, all the way in September. Yes.
1: <laughs> this, see, this is why Matthew and I are best buds, because we get each other, you know? We understand. <laughs> <laughs> we got so a band true. together.
0: <laughs> this is so true. Um, well, because Zoom is ridiculous, it's saying we have seven minutes left, so <laughs> we should probably <laughs> stop being our chatty-cally himself and get this <laughs> finished. People are going to be like, what happened to the rest of that episode? <laughs> <laughs> so I know we talked about this a little bit, but um, you and I are both super passionate about family tradition, intentionality. If you could speak to the mama's heart, who perhaps is in the middle of a really hard season, like you were just talking about, and isn't sure how she's going to pull off Christmas this year, what else, besides what you've already said, of course, would you have to tell her? Mm,
1: that's such a good question. I feel that so, so deeply from whether it was, you know, being postpartum or being heavily pregnant or having my husband not be here. Um, Three of our married Christmases have had one of those um, situations going on. And, you know, there are seasons where you just, you don't know how you're going to do it. You don't know how you're going to make it happen, how you're going to pull it off. And I would just say, don't rely on yourself. First of all, it's not about what you accomplish, Like I said, at the beginning, it's about what Christ has already accomplished. And I would say, you know, if you're in that place where you're like, I really don't know how I'm going to do this. That was me last year. I didn't want to put up a Christmas tree. Like I remember calling my husband or well, FaceTiming him and saying, I don't think I'm going to put up a tree this year. I'm not sending out Christmas cards. I, I'm just, I'm just not doing any of it. And he gently told me, he said, well, here's the thing. I know you. And if you don't do some aspect of it, whatever you're able, you're going to probably be upset with yourself. And so he was like, just, just tweak it. So again, tweak it if possible. But if you are in a season where nothing is possible for you to do, if you are bedridden, if you are dealing with a chronic illness, whatever depression, whatever it is, if you literally can't even just tweak it, you can't do any of it. Then I want you to know the Lord fills in the gaps he is, this is a season where he's ready and willing and wanting to show up for you. He's wanting you to see him in ways you've never seen him before. That was something a friend of mine told me before my husband deployed is you were going to come out on the other end of this deployment, knowing God better than when you entered into it. That was a season I couldn't pull off everything on my own, but I saw God fill in the gaps. I saw him work. I saw him father, my children, when their father wasn't present, I saw him show up and I want to encourage you with the reality that if, you know, if you can tweak things and still do some things, great, go for it. God bless you. But if you can't and all you can do is just keep breathing and just keep putting one foot in front of the other, pray and just ask God to show you himself, ask him to show up, ask him to fill in the gaps, ask him to bring so much good out of this season in ways that only he can ask him to have it impact your family and be a faith building season that no other kind of season could be and be prepared because that's exactly what he's going to do.
0: Girl, you're just bringing all the preaching today. (laughs) (laughs) I think this isn't even related to Christmas because obviously Christmas hasn't happened yet this year, but from both of our experiences this year, we went into this year, Rebecca and I, knowing this year was going to be huge. Yeah. And wow. Just like, you're talking and I was thinking of just this has been one of the hardest seasons I could talk about myself one of the hardest seasons my family has ever walked through yeah um just through different things and we've suffered but like Rebecca said there's not fixing to get emotional in the podcast there's Mm -hmm. so much joy joy I have never even known and you can look at my circumstances and say why would she be joyful she has no reason to be joyful but God so if you're in a season where things don't make sense and it seems upside down and maybe your husband has gone, my mom lost my dad when my brother and I were three and five, I can guarantee you that next season was very, very, very challenging for her and she didn't want to do any of it. But our, I remember, we had pictures, I don't remember, I was too young, but we have pictures of our church that showed up. I would also encourage you to plug into your local church. Absolutely. I just... God is going to show up and he's going to do something big. All the Ephesians 3.20, right? Above and beyond. So have a beautiful Christmas season. Don't put pressure on yourselves. If you pick one tradition to start, that's enough. We aren't enough, but Jesus is, and we're celebrating him coming down to earth to be enough for us, to save us. That's the purpose and the crux of Christmas. So I would just rejoice in taking that off of you. So Ms. Beckett, in our two minutes and 30 seconds left, if you have anything else you would like to share with our listeners regarding this whole topic we've talked about today, I'll open the floor to you.
1: Oh, well, I just want to leave y'all with, the, that my Southern came out, did you hear the y'all? <laughs> y'all. Um, <laughs> Six was, y'all. Yeah, there you go. That's right, I'm <laughs> Southernizing you, it's, it's happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would just encourage you to walk by the Spirit. And I know sometimes that phrase can seem really big. Like, what does that even mean? Be in prayer and be still and know that he is God. Listen to him, pray to him, ask for wisdom. He will guide you. Be open and willing to hear from him in those moments. He will show you what's most important. He will show you what to lay down. He will speak truth to you. He will remind you of the truth that you know from scripture that sometimes you forget. He is going to be the key in all of this. Walk by his spirit at his pace, according to his direction. And you're going to have an amazing holiday season. It may not be flashy. It may not be Pinteresty, but it's going to be more amazing than any of that combined because it's going to be brought together and cultivated by the spirit. And that is the best kind of holiday season you can ask for.
0: Amen. And on that note, we will leave you with that. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's so fun to be starting a new, at least a new chapter, a new name of the podcast and to have you as the first one I'm interviewing.
1: Oh, I am honored to have been here and I'm excited to see what God does with your ministry
0: and and the path that he's taken you on. Friends, was that not amazing? I'm so thankful for the work I get to do. I have always loved listening to people's stories. And truly chatting with you all is my favorite part of my ministry. Come back next time for what is sure to be another impactful interview. And until then, as always, to God be the glory.